Hi everyone, James Corso here. Welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Today we are in for a treat. We've got Gregor Matthews on the show. We're going to be talking about all things money, getting deep and personal on where Greg is at now, how he got there and the lessons he learned along the way. Now, the reason why I'm so excited to get Greg on the show is because, Greg, I've known you for many, many years, but we've actually only been working on kind of the finances side of things for the last three years. And when I first met Greg, you know, he was working on a really fledgling business, (laughs) uh, you know, counting the coins, really, really, let's be honest, struggling. And in only those three years now, Greg has absolutely transformed his finances. He has kind of taken his income through the roof. He is independently working for global uh, firms, consulting uh, uh, on a a basis where he is geographically independent. So he's able to travel the world on uh, on that basis. And kind of through that kind of transformed income is massively open doors in terms of what he's investing in, how he's living his life. And so, you know, Greg, I want to get you in and talk about how you got to that position, but also the kind of lessons you learned along the way. But before we do that, do you want to just give a bit of a background um, for those watching? Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for inviting me along, James. I mean, uh, yeah, we go way back and yeah, I, I enjoy the podcast and the business and I think what you're doing is, yeah, it's really needed. It's a topic that's, you know, not really talked about that much and it's super important and I've learned a lot, you know, over the last sort of 10 years really. And it's, uh, yeah, so thanks for having me along. Uh, yeah, a bit of background on me. I mean, you kind of gave, gave an intro. Um, yeah, I guess I you know, grew up in a comfortable, you know, household, um, you know, very supportive, money wasn't really an issue, uh, but it wasn't really sort of talked about that much. So I guess I kind of learned uh, about money quite late and, and yeah, it's kind of been a, I guess, a gradual kind of growth trajectory, you know, on that over the last while. And then it's really accelerated over the last you know, a few years with some key milestones, you know, along that journey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go into them uh, today as we go through this. Cool. Well, look, let's first start with where you're at now. So, you know, I gave a bit of a highlight, but, you know, dive a bit deeper into mm-hmm. a little flavor of what you're up to. Yeah, so, I mean, right, right now, I'm in uh, Dublin in Ireland, uh, yeah, just arrived about a week ago and yeah, I'm, I'm working, you know, days and going surfing at the weekends and hanging out with friends and yeah, it's been amazing. Uh, I, about a year ago, started, um, uh, started consulting um, for one main global uh, retailer and yeah, it's really, it's transformed you know my my income really and it it kind of was it, was, it wasn't a, something that happened overnight it wasn't you know luck it was kind of you know there was real intention as to what I was you know trying to do and it was kind of you hinted on it earlier it was sort of uh, I guess recovering from 
uh, essentially a failed startup that, uh, you know, I ran with an amazing other guy and like we did some great stuff, but, uh, you know, financially, you know, it didn't work out and it was really tough. And yeah, it was sort of, you know, uh, it was some serious penny pinching and, you know, for years and uh, yeah, and it kind of didn't, it failed and, uh, you know, I got to sort of late, the late twenties and, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't where I wanted to be financially. And, and that was a real sort of driving force to go out and, you know, yeah, get a sort of step change, um, step change sort of set up to, to, to build resources. And that's kind of, yeah, that's been over the last year and it's, yeah, it's been a real focus of mine and it's something I've, I've enjoyed and uh, I've spent a lot of time and energy on, uh, you know, over the last few years, you know, with, with yourself. Cool. Well, mate, like, I think you're massively underplaying it there. And I think there's two key areas that I want to kind of jump <laughs> in more detail because I think a lot of people yeah. watching this will, will, will really benefit from, uh, from the thoughts around it. No, two things. One, being able to be location independent. A lot of people would dream of that, being able to kind of go live wherever they want in the world and still be able to do their, you know, their day job, right? So, uh, and then the second one is go, going from you know, a place where money was super tight, super tough, to a place where money is, is healthy, you know, let's be honest, to, to, to a high level, uh, which is kind of massively open doors, but also being independent. So you're not an employee right anymore. You work for yourself, mm -hmm. independent person, consulting for the company. So that's where I want to be drilling into because I think that is where I think a lot of people's ears are going to prick up and, uh, and start to. Mm -hmm. So firstly, location independent. Talk me through, how did you make that happen? And, and what advice did you give to others trying to make uh, a similar shift? Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess it started with, uh, so I was living in Sweden at the time and uh, it, it was really, it really started with, you know, almost on a daily basis, you know, I had the objective for a, a step change job um, to grow my finances and to, to work remote. So it was like a real, you know, I thought about that every day and uh, it was the you know, it, daily intentions. Remind you yeah yeah it was it was clear i was you know i was i was coming from a place where i, I, was, I felt behind you know from the startup you know i i wanted to achieve this step change job and i wanted location independence because uh, at the time it was about moving back to scotland which is where i you know grew up um and so it was it was yeah it was being clear on clear on the objective I was looking at and then thinking about it, you know, every single day and then um, call it fortunate or not, like the, the opportunity uh, arose where those things came together. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in, you know, look, I definitely agree with luck and fortune and, and you know, so, so fair to, to connect it to that. The way I kind of look at life is more like, it's like a bingo, like a game of bingo, right? And every time you do something, you know, you, 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 uh, you make a decision or you exert in a particular direction, take an action, you're kind of putting these various bingo balls in, right? 
Some of those bingo balls are like gold and sweet and awesome. Other yeah, yeah. Black and kind of suck. You know, and there's others that are white, it's kind of neutral and like placid. And, uh, you know, some of these things that you're doing for me are like putting those kind of gold balls in, right? So every day you take the ball out and a lot of those times the ball's going to be kind of neutral or kind of suck. Others, it's going to be great, right? So although mm. you've got that luck playing out, Greg, there's clearly some things that you've been doing that, that have kind of pushed you in that direction. So what I'm hearing is setting that day, daily intention Another one I was hearing is you were connecting it to something that was really important to you as part of your kind of higher purpose. You wanted at the time to go back and live in Scotland, right? Maybe be part with your family to start a kind of life in there. It was that a strong pull that was, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, uh, I think, you know, when you feel you're not where you want to be financially, it's like, yeah, whether it's about providing, you know, it's like you, it, that was a real motivating, you know, factor. It was like, uh, yeah, I, I you know, have these aspirations and I, I feel behind and I'm going to, this is now a focus uh, mm. and, and, and on a daily basis. And, uh, and also, you know, speaking to, yeah, regulated guys like yourself and just talking, uh, you know, talking more, more about it. But yeah, the more, you know, the older I get, the more I just realize that, you know, it is about, it is about those daily habits, those daily, you know, what you're thinking about. It's about, you know, being clear on that stuff and the rest, you know, the rest does follow. Um, and I, I see that in different areas of, of my life. And, you know, today we're talking about finances and that's, yeah, that's, the proof is in the process and, and the and the outcome um, yeah so those daily habits putting things in place where you're doing it on a regular basis so setting that intention but what were those daily habits so obviously you were then on looking at it you hinted there that you were talking more about the subjects so obviously we worked together quite mm -hmm. closely on the subjects mm -hmm. and that was increasing the level of focus you had in this area Amount of time mm -hmm. you spent in this area naturally your mind's going to start coming up with ideas and mm -hmm. as a result but what specific yeah. things were you doing on a daily basis bear in mind right somebody might be watching this mm -hmm. thinking, i want to make the shift but you know i'm not greg you know i'm not struggling at this massive need or i uh i don't have friends around me you know what mm -hmm. specifically recommend to others who are who were kind of that three years behind. Yeah, there's a, there's a number of things that spring to mind there. And it's, uh, you know, you, we always talk about it with you about like, you know, the, the process and just starting the process. And I actually think back to, you know, uh, an older time when uh, actually my old business partner, who's, who's a great guy, uh, Ernie, he, um, so, so, and it links back to kind of my upbringing, you know, where money, you know, money wasn't really talked about. And I remember, you know, quite young, first job, and and Ernie's brother was really good with money, and he he sort of told Ernie about uh, having a fun card, and it was it was an account that you know you loaded once per month money on uh, onto that, and that was the card that you used for any sort of frivolous spending. And I remember this idea of the fun card came along, and I started to adopt it, and and so therefore I had 
you know, my monthly expenses were all kind of in one account and they were taken care of. And then every month I moved, you know, a few hundred quid to my fund card. And that was what I could spend. Uh, and I was amazed just by that small action. I was amazed at just how over time I ended up saving, you know, quite a good amount of money. And, and I think that's just one example of like, maybe a small habit uh, that was done early on that made me realize that actually, you know, for something like money, those little habits, they actually do, you know, start to, to stack up. Um, so that's a, that's a while ago. And then if I think to the kind of recent, you know, transitions, I think it was about, so one was like awareness, awareness of where I was financially, you know, where I wanted to be financially. And then, uh, day to day thinking about okay what's you know I do the five minute journal you know like the uh, have you, do you know about that or maybe some of the listeners will have heard about that but it's uh, you know just every day it's like okay three great things that are going to be going to make this three things that are going to make this day great and then at the end of the day it's like you know three things that just those kinds of small things on a daily basis especially when linked to say work um, about, you know, what, what one bit of value or what's my one output of today that I'm going to do and committing to that, you know, first thing in the morning with a cup of coffee. And that would be, you know, I would then make sure that that got done, you know, that day. And I think it's just those little, you know, in terms of transformation, it's those like little, little daily things that start to stack up. I see. So, okay, great, really powerful. So, okay, so in terms of making that shift to location independence, a lot of the things you were talking about seem to also apply to making that shift just generally. You, you hinted at moving from being in Sweden to, to independently working now. Mm-hmm. Walk me through that. So, you know, I mean, even that, you know, for a lot of people are scared to even work abroad. So talk me through what, what made you move to another country to work. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to, I mean, that has, yeah, that's a big question because it goes back to, yeah, I guess, uh, growing up in rural Scotland, um, I used to skateboard a lot, you know, I would just, you would get the influx of the American uh, culture around skateboarding. It, it all felt very, uh, you know, uh, tropical and amazing. And, and, and so there was always this, ah? Sweden's tropical. No, not Sweden, but, but, but I'm going back to, I mean, the question you ask is a big question, right? And it's like, why did I move to Sweden? Uh, hey, so but, there was a whole feed into that. Well, just as the there has been for a long time the allure of going abroad and traveling and different cultures and you know so there's there's all of that um but to answer your question uh you know directly it was a relationship at the time she was in uh copenhagen and i was so i was looking in that area for work um and uh i don't speak Danish or Swedish I was looking for global companies and I find a global company and yes I moved out cool okay so 
so it was it was more organic based on your current situation at the time so having done that so you you know you go from working this fledgling business that was struggling to move over to sweden right and 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 going for full-time employment again do you think that shift helped in terms of what you created now well i was hungry okay you know, i was really hungry um, I'm not. Uh, I, was, <laughs> uh, I mean, I was motivated. I was on a mission. I was on a mission. Uh, yeah, I was on a mission. I felt behind. You know, I was gonna Blank get up. back on. I was gonna get back on track. I was on a mission. Turned up. Uh, you know, a big global business, having only worked for small businesses before myself, you know, straight into like a global view, you know, talking all kinds of acronyms that I'd never heard of. Uh, but, you know, I was on a mission. I was there to deliver value, you know, prove myself and increase my earnings and then figure out what to do with those earnings. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, connecting this back to the viewers, right? You obviously got into a position where you were like, I need to get out of this. I need to catch up. I need to get, get to where I actually feel like I, I need to be right now. Mm. You, you're on a kind of mission, one track mind. Mm. And I remember and I saw it and, and it was impressive. Mm. How, how do you invoke that? Can you invoke that? Is it just a case of, circumstances come together to, to, to just so happen be that you go on this mission mode from certain experiences and a situation and so on? Or is that something that you can consciously move into to invoke this kind of transformation? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, for me, I've always, I've always sort of had a bit of a one-track mind. Um, you know, when there's, you know, there's generally one thing and it's like, okay, a lot of energy goes into that. But I do, I think the interesting thing with money or I think it's the kind of topic because it's not, you know, because it's, it's not talked about so much. There's, there's, there's a lot of complexity around it. Like I think a lot of people push it to the background and don't sort of deal with it head on. Um, and I, and I wonder, you know, because it's, you know, I guess, you know, you know more about it than I do and on your mission, which is so cool and I'm a big fan of, it's like, you know, this stuff, how important is, you know, budgeting and investing and understanding all, like, why is it not taught, you know, early on in school? Like this, you know, it's, it's, it's so important, um, you know, to, to understand this, this topic, but, can yeah this this mission i don't know i guess it's quite a personal thing it's like what uh why are you why are you doing it is it for is it for freedom is it for security is it so you can buy a fancy car like you know what is i guess it's connecting it to you know i guess thinking of the viewers it's like why are you well, what, why are you interested in learning more about this area? What, what is it for you? And I guess for me, it was, 
there was a feeling of I'm behind where I wanted to be, felt I should be. That was a thing. And it was also the, you know, I think a lot about, you know, having a family and like, you know, providing and like the life I want to have with, you know, my wife and kids. Like, I, I think about that. That motivates me, you know, on a daily basis. And then if I feel like I'm not on that trajectory, then, you know, I kind of have a problem. So I then need to sort of tackle it head on. So, yeah, it's a bit of a waffly roundabout, you know. Not at all. I, was, I, was to... I don't know. What, what, what do you think? What do you think? You'd be unsurprised to hear that I, that I agree. <laughs> and it was, I'm glad you went there because it, it's at the heart of my view on the subject. I think you can invoke this whole mission mindset in yourself and really drive quite incredible action and results through tapping into what is important to you. I think for most people, they aren't really clear what's important. They kind of drift through life, not really having a purpose, taking each day as it comes and, and, and taking the path that, that's laid out for them. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You know, I mean, there's, there's no judgment there. If that's the life someone wants to roll with. Then, then do it. But if you're sitting here watching this thinking, I really want something better for my life and that, that is actually different to where I am right now, personally, I think the best way is to really tap into what we ultimately want, really think about that. You know, where do I want to ultimately be? Thinking about that and then understand, well, what, what do I need to put in place to get there? And as you start to do that, you start to bridge the gap mentally between where you want to get mm. to right now. Start mm. to think about what are the things you need to put in place to bridge that. Mm. And effectively, that's what you did. You know, you got mm. to that point. You took a hard look at where you ultimately wanted to get to and thought, mm. shit, that's a long way off. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And I'm well, do you remember, do you remember you actually came, I remember it really well, like you came to Sweden and we went for a coffee and I remember standing in the queue looking at, they got these delicious cinnamon buns in Sweden, they're so good. And, uh, I like them a lot. <laughs> and uh, I remember standing in the queue and I was looking at it, I was like, I'm going to get a cinnamon bun. And I was like, nah, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. And I, and I, and it was because I was like, I don't need it. And it's, you know, it's a few, you know, euros or whatever. Like, yeah, it's fine. And you just looked at me. I remember you thinking like, you're in such a, you have such a scarcity mindset right now. Like just get the cinnamon bun. Like don't sweat the small stuff. And it, that really came from this place. And I, I think some of it's good. Some of it's, some of it has been healthy of, you know, living on like, you know, 700 quid a month and we were scraping to make 700 quid a month. And what that made me do was, you know, really live with a low burn rate. Like, you know, I, you know, it was living on, uh, you know, very uh, light fumes and, and some of that's good. Um, but there was a point where it was like, that's actually detrimental. And, and that, that car- that's carried on. I'm starting to shake it now, but it's, um, you know, not, not I'm happy. I'm going to hold on to some of it, but uh, but I remember you looking at me specifically and being like, "Just get the cinnamon bun and don't don't sweat it." And yeah, I just want to share that story. <laughs> I actually want to move there because okay, because um, 
Well, number one, I, t- I totally relate in that I came from a very poor background. And, and, you know, there's some parts of me that's so stingy still to this day. Like, I still go <laughs> and I look at the reduce section. I don't even buy anything. It's just like a default. I go there, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, good deal. Like, it's like, it's like 60% off. I'm like, I don't even eat like cheese, lasagna, vegan, lasagna. Like, um, I just don't, I'm just not, I don't, I don't even want that. But it's a really good price. I just, like, it's like, um, it's like burn into yeah. From, from living hardwired, yeah, yeah, hardship, making ends meet to to create space and still be able to like live comfortably and having pleasures in in in, in times of hardship. Mm. So I totally connect. I also remember that story, and I thought you are <laughs> so far down the stingy rabbit hole, Greg. At the time, like you were just going yeah. crazy, uh, and like I couldn't even break through to you. I was like, dude, just just buy the cinnamon bun. You're like, no, 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 I'm cool, man. I'm cool. No, no, I don't need it. I don't need it. So, but I want to move there because, uh, because I think it's really important for a lot of people watching in that a lot of people really struggle with, with managing their money well. And, you know, they get to the end of the month and there's always more months than money and, whatever they do to try and budget or put some kind of plan in place, it kind of screws up or they say, I don't have enough money. How can I do this? Right? It's kind of up in arms, very frustrating. It. So it'd be good to go into that and get your thoughts on it and how you manage to do it. But before I do, I think it's really important mm-hmm. to recognize there's a number of different kind of core pillars to, to good financial sense, to making a successful financial future. And if you just focus on one, it's not going to work. It's like having a chair with one leg. It's just going to fall over. And you know, if you really work hard and you hold it with one leg, you know, then it will stay up. But it takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, and it's a bit of a crap chair. You know, the more legs you're focusing on, the, the more stable it is. And managing your money, kind of budgeting or, or, or managing what you spend, really important area. Income, really important area. Uh, investing, another really important area. There's, there's a whole load, but certainly those three are, are three of the, the most important. And if you, if you nail all of those three together, you're going to do so much better. They're like multipliers. They multiply each other and, and get a compound. So if you're really good at spending well, so you're keeping that down, so you're investing a lot of the savings and you're driving huge amounts of earnings, right? There's a lot of money coming through the door that you've been able to do. All of those three together will get you to a really strong place, right? So it's not just getting super stingy on one or driving loads of money and, and, and just think, well, if I earn loads, then everything else will take care of itself, right? Or going, you know what? I'm going to make this decision. I'm going to get 10% return instead of 4% return. And when I do that, Everything's going to be amazing because if there's no money going in, you know, how's the 10% on a small number going to make any difference? It's not, right? It's about getting all of those through. So I just wanted to call that out, you know, for those that are kind of listening to this and thinking, oh, you know, like, I don't want to touch budgeting or, no, I'm really obsessed with it. Um, But anyway, moving, moving on into your own situation, talk me through what you did to get through those difficult times to still have a 
cool life, still have those pleasures, have fun and be disciplined with it. Yeah, I guess to maybe elaborate a bit more on the fun card, because that's still kind of, uh, that still uh, lives today. Um, still doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess there's like, if I go back to, you know, not, you know, not having much coming in, there was still an element of, okay, you know, what are my, you know, what am I, I didn't, I could, I wasn't saving anything at the time, wasn't investing at the time, but it was more just managing my costs. So I had, you know, one account that where, you know, rent, bills, yeah, you know, my phone, my X amount on food every, every week, you know, that would come out of the one account. And then I still had another account, which I would siphon off, you know, a hundred quid, 200 quid that that was what I would, you know, use for, you know, say going out for dinner or, you know, a flight or, you know, sort of um, frivolous kind of non-essential costs. And that was, I kind of had th those two systems going and I still, you know, kind of have those today. But now that, now that income has, has grown, you know, or if, if I go back to then the move to Sweden where income grew a bit, um, you know, I was, I was then, because I was in that uh, quite hardcore, um, you know, don't buy the cinnamon bun mindset. Um, you know, I was, I was taking 50%, which obviously sounds quite extreme, but 50% of my income was going into um, a savings slash investment account. And then the 50% was then split on, you know, my rent, you know, my food, that account, and then the fun account. And, and, and maybe I wasn't, you know, the, I was still having plenty of fun, but I wasn't, you know, yeah, I, I have a lot of fun without having to spend a lot of money. And, um, and I think there's a, yeah, I, I enjoy that. And then there's, there was, there's also an element of, with the fun card, there was an element of gaming. Like, you know, when I got to the end of the month and, and, I, and I'd managed to, you know, stick to that you know the plan and like i managed to save you know the 200 quid or that that was it felt like a sense of achievement you know and i think that gaming yeah feeling with it was uh was quite it was quite sticky it made it it made it last um yeah now it's now it's um you know now there's you know i have the investment account on top of that and yeah you know we can talk about that if you want and how i'm uh you know dealing with that area but yeah does that does that kind of cover what you were it does i want to pull out some key bits mm -hmm. so number one what i'm hearing is because you had that strong financial discipline through those hard times that carried through to when your income grew mm -hmm. and you're earning a lot of money but you were still able to save 50 percent of what was coming through so, yeah, and I think on that, the, just the lifestyle creep that goes on, you know, that's a big point. And, and, you know, as I think particularly with, you know, salary and just as your salary grows, you know, you, you, you know, you start, you know, you maybe get a nicer apartment, you maybe buy a nicer car, you maybe, you know, da, 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 da. But like, actually I was, it felt, it was quite sort of, I've, you know, maintained largely the same you know, lifestyle as the income has grown and, and any gains are then, you know, saved and invested 
because the ultimate objective you know, is not to buy a fancy car. The ultimate objective is to have a life and freedom and provide for a, my family. And that's, that's the motivation, not the... No. Exactly. So it goes back to the point we were talking about before, right? Your mission, what do you ultimately want? Yeah. So when you decided to make that shift and kind of say, right, this is the journey I want to go on. This is where I want to get to. This is what I want to create because that's really important to me. Number one, you've got to know what that is. Two, it's got to be compelling enough. You've got to be you know, really wanting it, which you clearly did and do. And, and, it, and, it, and it's so clear from when you talk about it. Okay. But then also when things pop up, right? Like, okay, so you make more money and you've got an opportunity to, to spend more of it or, or to save that additional amount. Like you say, when you present with that opportunity, you're, you're making that decision based on that ultimate mission. What do you actually want from life? Okay, what I ultimately want is this future for me, my family, my kids, being able to live where I want and on the terms I want. Your decision in that moment is to say, you know what, I'm going to save that money. Because if I save it, then I can start to build that financial future uh, for what I really want, rather than mm. get a nicer car or going out partying and doing whatever, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so powerful. So, so really just comes down to this, knowing what it is that you want and connecting where you are in this journey, right? All the decisions you're making to that. Mm. Coming back to what you were talking about around the structure of things, so you kind of said you were having a limited amount of money coming in each month. And there were kind of two main buckets you're putting it into. Mm -hmm. One which was you're gonna like your bills, right? Rent mm -hmm. like that. And then the second one, which is the fun one. Talk me through that, mm -hmm. like just practically, like logically. So where was the money coming in? And then how, what did you do with it? So, so yeah, so, could, could so I think I, I, I'd calculated, you know, X amount on rent, um, X amount on bills, X amount on phone, you know, 50 quid, 100 quid on food per week or times four per month. And I guess that was my kind of like fixed costs every month. So the, I guess my money would come into one account. You know, you can just huh? make up numbers. If you come to talking about the numbers, you were making. Oh, I mean, I'm going back now. Um, 600 quid rent, you know, 30 quid phone. Uh, so how much yeah. were bills in total? How much were bills in total back then? It's going back a while now, James. Um, well, make up, make up some numbers just to give some examples. So let's say, let's say bills were like 700, right? Coming in. Yeah, yeah. So, so did, you, did you basically just split a certain amount of money that you could do and kind of just do whatever with? How did it, how did it work in practice? Yeah, so it was money, money into one account. Uh, in that account, I had all my sort of direct debits set up with, you know, the phone, you know, the rent, all that kind of thing. So, so I would know, you know let's say a thousand pounds come in, I would know that 700 pounds is already, it's already allocated. Like that money's got to go out regardless of what I do, that money's going out. So, you know, a thousand in 700 already allocated, leaving 300 left. So 
I would have probably gone, okay, well, I probably need a hundred pounds of buffer. So I'll leave, you know, 800 remains in that account. And I actually move 200 out. As soon as I get paid, 200 goes out to my fund account. And when I'm, you know, out on the fly, you know, something comes up, I go meet someone, you know, I only have that one card, which has the 200 on it. And that's when I, you know, buy the coffee and maybe not the cinnamon bun. Uh, and, and then when that runs out, that runs out. And that was, you know, and then I would sort of monitor the other account to be like, okay, just checking. There's no kind of, you know, curveballs. Mm. Uh, landing in that account and I guess like with the modern day you know revoluts and monzos and stuff you know that the visibility the awareness has got you know that much better um, okay so so to clarify them effectively you had clear what was coming in you had a specific number on what was all bills what, what you had to kind of had commitments around each month specific number on that made sure there was that amount in there each month kept tabs on it to making sure it was it was always covered for but you you knew that number right so mm. you, you always uh would know that was covered mm. then you have another specific number same number each month going to a separate account for fun mm. so no matter how you know metaphorically poor you were or relatively poor you were um at the time you were still able to to do stuff and have fun and kind of go crazy and do whatever you wanted, so long as it fitted to that number. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whenever you had opportunities mm-hmm. to spend that money, you'd always kind of compare it to what was got, what was in there, and then get to that. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then I think the strength of that is like, okay, so say the thousand pounds, you know, you get a promotion or whatever, and it goes to two thousand pounds. Actually, you know, sticking with the you know, 800 allocated fixed, the 200 fun. I mean, this is a bit stingy. Maybe you would get a bit more fun, but for hypothetical reasons, then the thousand that you've just gained, actually that moves into, you know, a savings account. And then maybe some of that moves into an investment account. And that's, you know, that's kind of uh, taking that mindset through even when your income grows, I think is the, well, yeah, you know more about it than I do, but like a key to kind of unlocking yeah, sort of on the track to financial freedom and, and the rest of it. Yeah. Okay, great. So we're talking about the pillar around that kind of budgeting discipline or putting a plan around it and effectively having a clear number around your fund money, your kind of commitments money. And then as your income grew, you effectively saved the vast majority of that increase. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then yeah. all that's on top and that's going into your kind of financial freedom fund to build up for that future. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. So that's probably a good segue into kind of the world of what do you do with that money? So yeah, I'm making more money and that money gets more exciting, more interesting. You, <laughs> you know, you start being able to do more with it because it's a bigger number. Talk me through what you did there. You start to pile that money into a savings account. Then what? Do you let it sit there? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny because it's, you know, you, you, I guess as you, or as I go through life, you know, you just, you just trade up problems, right? It's, it's, you know, you then, and it's a good problem and I'm super grateful for it, but it's like, it's then, okay, you now have money and then it's like, right, what do I do with this money? And, and then you start, have to start understanding more and, you know, 
and that's a whole uh, journey that I'm on at the moment and, and you've been helping with that James um so I guess what yeah what I do at the moment is um is uh mainly I'm following uh our stocks and shares ISA so every year I have a you know 20k allowance um that is tax-free um and I'm following an approach which uh yeah James you've talked about in some of your videos and it's I read it in a book and we've discussed it a lot and it um it's a guy called Ray Dalio and it's called the all-weather portfolio and it's they've backtracked it you know a lot a long time and it's performed you know pretty good in most economic climates and it's it feels like a quite uh, in my eyes a quite like you know safe robust approach and i i basically every month i put you know money in to top up that portfolio uh all the way for the for the full year so every month i'm putting you know 1500 pounds in and then it's split between stocks bonds commodities and gold um and yeah that's what i'm doing at the moment um and then i'm also starting to educate myself on property and 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 looking into that area as well um because i'm going to have um, I have both cash personally, but also cash within a limited company. So retained earnings in there, which I need to figure out what to do with that. Um, so, so yeah, I'm kind of brick, brick by brick, um, you know, understanding this kind of next stage uh, right now. And it's fun and uh, yeah, learning a lot and uh, yeah. Good, good. So some really interesting points came out of that. So let me see if I can pull those out. So firstly, uh, you know, it's, as we move through life and we evolve and we, we level up, we, we just have more problems. They're just different problems, right? Biggie Small said it well. <laughs> exactly. True. It's true. It's true. Yeah, very true. Very true. And, but, you know, some problems are good problems to have. Yeah. yeah to say. You need to remind yourself of that. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and the reality of how our minds work is that there are always problems. We, see we look for problems. Yeah, we look for problems, right. So when problems come, something I always do is I go, cool, it's just another problem to deal with. Minds are still alive. Yeah. If you, if you pursue a situation where you've got no problems, you're just going to be forever unhappy. In fact, you know, I look forward to that sex problem because that's, that's the journey of life. That's what's, that's what's fun, right? The daily situation, you know, so the money builds up. So what do you do? So you did a few things, which are pretty cool. Number one, you, you took advantage of the ISA. So for those living in the UK, 20,000 pounds up to every year, tax-free. So you invest through that, through that opportunity, then you're getting a lot of your money being able to not have tax on it. And that accumulates every year. It's another 20 grand, it's another 20 grand. And obviously you got uh, into that, pursued that to, to take advantage of that. Another thing you talked about is investing regularly each month. Now, obviously that's partly due to the nature of your situation. 
you're making a lot of money each month and so you want to be doing it on the fly rather than in a one in a one-off payment but again really cool that you're doing that in that you're benefiting from this kind of pound cost averaging or dollar cost averaging so whatever you're investing in could be going up could be going down could be going sideways whatever but what i notice is when people do that is it's a lot less stressful let's say you're sitting on 100 grand and you're like oh, what should i do should i put it in the stock market should i buy a property shall i do some course what yeah, it's a big decision right and you yeah. it's like a big deal you know if it drops by 20 percent, you do that pre-code yeah. that craziness happens you're going to be freaking out but if you put a bit of money in one month and the next month and each month is going up or down various prices as that moves it's not going to be that big a deal because you've gone in at different prices mm. um oh Anyone interesting? <laughs> uh, just a minute, just a minute. Yeah. Cool. So apologies for that, Greg. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it helps you know, with that kind of stress of what to invest in and at what price. So talk me through that. I mean, did, did, it, did you get the benefits of that? Do you feel like it helped? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think... Um, you know, one thing for me with this has been just pract the practical steps and setting it up, like, you know, getting the investment account, uh, finding, you know, the actual investments that I can monthly automatically invest in, like just those practical, because, you know, like, you know, life's, there's, pr you know, problem to the next problem to the next problem. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I guess I find, you know, everyone's got busy lives right and then you know money is kind of at the back of the mind and and when you let's say you find you know half an hour on a sunday and you're like right i'm going to tackle you know i'm going to look for an inve investment account like get this set up you know inevitably you're going to start and you're going to hit some roadblock and it's like yeah it's i guess it's just seeing that through to the point of okay the account's up and running i've found the investments i've found my approach it's now automated and it just, and it just happens. And I think the, yeah, the every month thing I've like, you know, understood the power now of the pound cost averaging. And, and I, I, I get that now. And, and then, you know, seeing, you know, seeing this money just slide in every month and just, I check it, you know, every now and again, and, and I'm not concerned because it feels like a, it feels like a long term you know, just uh, chip away block by block approach that I'm kind of bought into for the long run. And it's, it, it kind of runs in the background. And I, uh, yeah, I quite like that. Cool. So it goes back to that point you were saying earlier around habits. Mm. From your experience, it's that it's those daily, it's those regular habits mm. that when built up is what, what, mm gets you that success and interestingly in like you know with covid and the you know the big you know what happened in the stock market and stuff this you know this approach i remember looking at it you know when you know covid was kicking off and it was like you know it was down a few percent the whole thing and you know uh seeing seeing it stress tested in a time when what the stock market was down was it was it like 30 percent or it was 
can't remember the the no. mind, but it was it was a, it was a lot. And you know, if you if you had if I had you know a hundred grand in the stock market, and you know I just lost thirty grand in a day or two, like yeah, you'd feel that in your stomach. You'd be freaking. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you know, for those for those that don't know, this Ray Dalio all weather portfolio that Greg's talking about, you know, really interesting approach in that it, it it takes a few things. Number one, it's the whole point of it is it's not timing the market. The whole point of that is all seasons, whether it's good times, bad times, inflationary, deflationary, whatever. The theory behind it is that that approach should do well over the long run, regardless of what plays out through that process. Now, there's, there's critics to it, there's pros and cons to it, there's, there's a whole debate on that subject, and that's not one for today. But it is interesting in that what you've picked is a non-time-sensitive non approach and also non specific situation approach you've not kind of said right well covid's happened so i'm gonna invest in this or we've come out of a uh, of a big depression and recession from 2008 so i'm going to do this you've gone with something that's very foundational to start your investing journey you've 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 kind of gone with an iset and you've gone with a portfolio approach where you're just building up you're creating that foundation from which to kind of build a, a much stronger financial future. So uh, talk me just briefly on that before we, we, before we wrap up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's kind of how I view it. It's like, it's just a block and it's like, it's in place, you know, it's capped at 20K per year. So now it's about, I'm looking at the other blocks. So what, what are those blocks? Is it, is it more risky investments in the stock market? You know, is it, you know, you know, going down that route or is it, is it property? Is it a mixture of the two? You know, what, what are the other vehicles to know? And that's, yeah, that's the, you know, and I think that's just the, yeah, I think the, the process of just, you know, starting and, and moving through things has, you know, I think that's been key throughout and whether it's the fun card or it's, you know, the stocks and shares ISA now, and, and, and now I'm on to the next one and I'm sort of scanning and trying to figure it out. It's like, okay, what, what is next? Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we are today, really. It's like, you know, assessing other opportunities. Um, yeah. Yeah, an, an iterative journey, taking it one step at a time, chunking it up so that mm. it doesn't feel too crazy all the yeah. while, right? So, you know, you rewind a few years ago where you were and, and financially not where you wanted to be, you've kind of broken it up. So, right, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to go after getting more reliable income. Then I'm going to go after more income. Then I'm going to go after location independence so I can start to have a life more like what I'm looking at. Now mm. I'm trying to build up wealth. What do I do with it? Right, I'm going to send a mm. base foundation, nice and simple. Okay, now I've got a bit more. What do I do with it? Mm. Do I... Do I start to be more active in how I'm investing? Do I go with things that drive a higher return that's more situational? Yeah, I love it. Big fan of where you got to, Greg, and the journey you're on. And I have no doubt when we're having the same conversation in another three years, uh, you're going to be on a, a far higher level again. But before we close up, for those watching the video, Greg, what advice, what 
kind of summary advice would you give those who are a little bit behind in terms of where you are just starting this journey, maybe wanting to make a bit more money, save more, invest more, take more control over what they're doing mm. so they're not just kind of beholden to the path that's laid out in front of them. Yeah, um, I think, I guess, you know, we've covered it throughout this. So I guess it's kind of summing it up. It's like, I think it's getting clear on on why it's important to you. What, why is this area, why do you care? You know, what, what, is, the, what is the emotional, or the, what's the thing that's driving you that really kind of, you know, that, that, that motivates you? Getting clear first on that, the why. Um, and then it's, and then I think it's being very just clear on where, where are you today? And what's the next, what's the next building block that you need to focus on and not worrying about, you know, taking on the whole thing right now. It's about, okay, I am where I am today. This is where I want to go. What's the next block. And then, and then just focusing on that. And once that's laid, okay, what's the next block, but it's, you know, it's easy to, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. It's like, you know, there's a bit of analysis paralysis and, you know, you start thinking about, you know, the whole picture and it's like, no, 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 scrap that. It's like, okay, what, what's the next, uh, what's the next one thing I need to do to move me forward towards this next, to, to where I ultimately want to be and just, uh, yeah, you know, go for that. Great advice, Greg. Really really valuable. Um, so to summarize, you're effectively saying, know your outcome. What is it you're speci specifically going after? What are the, uh, what, what is it that's going to bridge that gap? What, what is it that you need to do to get there and then start chunking it, focusing on what that next step is in front of you, focusing on that. Once you've done that, then move to the next one. So it feels achievable and uh, relatable. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Greg, look, yeah. thank you so much for the time today. Really pleasure, pleasure. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the help of, you know, it's been, uh, yeah, I feel you've been part of, you know, yeah, you've been part of the journey and it, uh, it's meaningful in many ways. And yeah, so thanks. An honour, Greg, you're more than welcome. And I look forward to seeing where the next three years takes you. Okay. Good night.